Good evening, this is Chase Bailey of Left Bank Films. Tonight we present episode 5 of our podcast called The Love of Film. Our podcast tonight is about our favorite actresses of the 1940s. Our podcasters tonight are Todd Hunter, Kate Jurdy, Freeman Fletcher, Brigitte Abreu, Dennis Collins Johnson, and myself, Chase Bailey. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, my number two actress is Joan Fontaine. Uh, Joan Fontaine, I, you know, Rebecca, Suspicion, Jane Eyre. Um, uh, I think, you know, her, her work in Rebecca is alone um, just phenomenal. I love those eyes of hers just the way that she was looking at Olivier all the time and just going, what can I do to make this better? All the time. And she just melded into that, that role. Um, yeah, it was a great one. She wanted to make him feel better, but she didn't know how. Um, and of course, Olivier is going through the trials and tribulations of losing his wife, Rebecca. And uh, spoiler alert, you know, he actually probably killed her. So. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Um, what? What? Uh, I apologize. I have to go. Uh, <laughs> I have to go. Um, I haven't seen that movie yet. So anyway, it's Joan Fontaine. Yeah. Okay, so now let's go to actresses. Yay! Yay! Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, who's your number two? I had trouble with, I had a lot of trouble, and I still don't know if I believe my my list. I'm going to have a couple honorable mentions because I just can't. Yeah. Um, so my, my number two is Rosalind Russell. Um, I figured she would be a dark horse, and I don't think she got she enough She is a dark props. horse. I don't think she got enough props in the 40s because she didn't do a whole lot of dramatic work. She was a very comedic actress. She got cast a lot as that. Um, and she, Didn't she do Kitty Foyle? No, that's, um, that's Ginger Rogers. Oh, that's Ginger Rogers. Yeah. Uh, Rosalind Russell is his girl Friday. And let, let me, let me. Yeah, no, uh, Auntie Mame, which was uh, in the 50s. Let's see. Kitty loves, Kitty's favorite film is Auntie Mame. Oh, really? That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Oh, I guess she did Morning Becomes Electra. I haven't seen that. I would love to see her in that as the role of Lavinia. Ooh, ooh, ooh. But yeah, no, uh, Design for Scandal, uh, What a Woman, uh, all these films. I was mixing girlfriend. her up with uh, with uh... with Ginger Rogers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ginger Rogers. I w I considered her. She's an honorable mention, actually, for me. Um, I don't think she got enough props either because she could do so much more than dance beautifully, which she did. Um, you know, wow. I don't even have Ro uh, Rosalind Russell in my list. 
Yeah, I kind of, I kind of, that's what I did. I mean, I, I love so many people, you know, Ingrid Bergman is an honorable mention, et cetera. Like I, but I wanted to pick Rosalind Russell because she never won an Oscar, I don't think. And there's just something about her. She's so different from everyone else. Maybe she's comparable to Betty Davis and Betty Davis is another honorable mention. Um, but you know, she's like the comedic version of Betty Davis, or I don't know, there's just like a strength and she kind of gives readings that are like, not your typical line readings. What like was you your can, favorite film of hers? His Girl Friday, for sure. I mean, it's number Friday, one. Yeah. 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 She's just so, um, she's authentic. There's like an authenticity to her. Uh, she, she's a perfect match for Cary Grant in that movie. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I just, and I love she, that film. I love that film. Yeah, yeah. And it's because she brings her own personality to it. She really does. And I think a lot of actresses didn't do that um, because there was this kind of acceptable, attractive thing, demure, you know, thing that you had to do. But she doesn't do that. She's mm-hmm. just like, she comes out guns blazing and I fucking love her. Anyway, so she's number two. <laughs> Fantastic. Fucking love her. You, you're not allowed to say that on this fucking channel. You know. Oh, that. no. I didn't yeah. fucking know that. <laughs> well, you better fucking learn. Okay, just kidding. Um, okay. Uh, my number two actress of the 1940s is Rita Hayworth. Ooh. Um, and Rita Hayworth, I mean, when I, again, it was, it was similar to Citizen Kane, which makes sense because of her relationship with Orson Welles, her later relationship. When I first saw Rita Hayworth in Gilda, I was like, who is this force of nature? Like, I, I, Gilda is still one of my favorite 1940s uh, films, uh, obviously primarily because of Rita Hayworth. I mean, Glenn Ford is also excellent in it, but she is just, she on multiple levels is a force of nature, huge star at the time, um, incredible mix of ancestries, Irish, English, uh, Northern Irish, actually, Scottish, Welsh, Cornish, Bohemian, Czech, Dutch, and German, and she wears it all. Um, She was actually the producer's first choice for Casablanca. Really? But they couldn't get her, so they settled for Ingrid Bergman. Great settle. I think it worked out for everybody. And, you know, she is uh, one of the uh, few actresses to have actually danced with both Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly in their movies. Um, She is also, uh, was the first face for Alzheimer's in 1981. She brought a public face to Alzheimer's. Hmm. Um, So, I mean, you know, uh, multi-talented, multi-ethnic, and, really just uh, an astounding woman and performer from the 1940s. I mean, there's a reason why Orson Welles just saw a lot in her, you know, and wanted to work with her. And ultimately he had a a long lasting relationship with her. Um, So she is my, uh, she she is my number two for the 1940s. The the one that got away for Casablanca. That's such a different movie. That would be a different movie, <laughs> wouldn't it? Not I necessarily a worse. Well, I, you know, I can't see, I can't picture Rita 
internalizing like Ingrid did. Hmm. The, the turmoil she was going through. But maybe she could have. She did really well in Gilda. Really well in Gilda. She has, she has what I like to, like you and I talked about on the other podcast, uh, Chase and Kate, about light sleeper. She's got the Susan Sarandon thing where I can't tell if I should ever, like she could be the good guy or the bad guy. <laughs> Sometimes in the same movie. Like I never could tell where she was coming from and that would pull me in. She has that, Susan Sarandon had it in, in her, her career as well, so. Well, think about Light Sleeper. You didn't know whether she was a good person right. or a bad person. Yeah. Okay, but we want to go, don't want to go down that street. Number two is um, Lauren Bacall. Oh, love her. Yep, that's it. I mean, we can move on. <laughs> we all know Bacall. <laughs> icon, icon, iconic, um, strong and character driven, but also vulnerable. I mean, you see her vulnerability in Key Largo, right? Oh, I mean, God. I saw it. Well, she was what? 12 at the time? 13? Yeah, she went, Chase. <laughs> I mean, what was she, 17? Oh, yeah. Nin 19 for the first 19? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to go. She was so young, but she was so, her, you know, her, like Todd says, her physical presence on screen just filled it up. Mm. Uh, Freeman, you're number two. Uh, my number two is going to be Catherine Hepburn. Um, oh. I, she's like the, in my mind, she's the female uh, Cary Grant, but I think she's a better actress <laughs> or a better actor. Um, and just one of those effortless, the thing that her and Cary Grant both have, and we've talked about both of them ad nauseum, so I'll keep this brief, but um, just effortless charisma and um, magnetic to watch. Um, so yeah, Philadelphia Story, and then a lot of her stuff in the 30s, uh, bringing a baby holiday. Um, just, yeah. Catherine that burned, did she, she, she only did about 100 films. So I don't know <laughs> why you're picking her. Okay, so uh, Dennis, your number two choice. Yeah, that's a tough, a tough one. I'll go through my, uh, my uh, your Rolodex. Uh, Judy Garland, but they were all musicals. So it's a little, I mean, you know, if, if you're picking musicals, it'd definitely be her. Maureen O'Hara had a couple of really cool films. Uh, Green is My Valley, This Land is Mine um but uh and and Catherine Hepburn uh some great films but my number two would have to be Olivia de Havilland uh Snake Pit the heiress the heiress is a tour de force and the government girl which has a you know sort of a b picture but when I saw a little bit of it she was just magnificent in it it's like wow so Olivia just uh only lived to be 104 short life she did yeah, she just died a year or two ago. Wow, wasn't she Joan Fontaine's sister? Yeah, hmm. they didn't like, and they other. hated each other. <laughs> they didn't make up at all, ever, <laughs> ever. No, they were. You know, she said uh, something about uh, she always wanted to be first. She'd probably die first, and she did. 
Uh, yeah, I have a brother. Um, okay, so my number one best actress is Ingrid Bergman. Um, uh, simply for her role in uh, Casablanca, Gaslight, uh, Notorious, Suspicion, etc. But mainly, mainly for Casablanca. I just, I loved the acting of Ingrid Bergman. And then even though she was probably cast over time to be a certain sort of person, a certain sort of a, of a woman uh, in a woman's role for a specific style. Um, I still love the job she did in Casablanca. So uh, Ingrid Bergman is my number one choice for the best. I also wasn't in Suspicion. That was Joan Fontaine. No, I, I think. Oh, Spellbound. I'm sorry. Was yeah. Suspicion? Was Spellbound? I, I can't read my own notes. Um, it started with an S and it sounded good. Suspiciously good. Okay, your number one. My number one, and I might be with Dennis here. We might have the same one. Myrna Loy. I'm just guessing that that's his number well, one. That, that'll probably be Freeman Fletcher. Oh, cool. <laughs> that's true, that's true. He's a fan of the Thin Man movies. Oh, yes. yes. But, but not just in that, but it, she's in um, uh, Best Years of Our Lives. And oh, she's, God, what a great film. I know. And she, she doesn't get, an, an, again, she's another one that I don't think she ever got an Oscar. Um, she maybe got an honorary one for like, on her second, life work. Hold on a second. I, 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 don't I think got the she list ever got here. Because I did dissections of all these actresses, yeah. actors, et cetera. Yeah. But uh, even who won Oscars later on, whatever. Yeah. And um, for some reason, I don't have Rosalind Russell. I just don't. Myrna Loy is one of my favorites because I love the Thin Man. Episode. Yeah, she's great in those. She's great. And and she's another example of an actor who can do. And I don't have Myrna Loy in my list. Isn't yeah. that horrible? Well, it's OK, because she's not she's my number one. She's my number one lady. Well, I can understand why. I mean, uh, best years of our life. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people didn't see that film. I know, which is weird to me because it really it's encapsulates such a that time. Dramatic uh, family. Oh, not family, but yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 She's beautiful. I think there's something she has what Spencer Tracy has, which is that specificity of thought, and. Um, and a genuine spirit that doesn't she she doesn't you know muddle it at all with um, mannerisms. She's just uh, I don't know. She just does service to the character in no in whatever she does. And she's often a supporting you know actress. I don't know that she was ever really the lead in anything. In a way, um, she was the lead in that film. Yeah. If you I, think about it, I mean that film. I mean, she was kind of the cohesive center maybe the matriarch yeah. you could say yes of the center sure. of what was going on yeah and that seems to be her type was matriarch because she was kind of that in the thin man as well um but yeah she's just i don't think she gets enough props and i don't think enough people know who she is um so that's another reason why she's well, my she downplays one. everything she's kind of yes 
she is control. she's another one you could pluck her out of the 40s and put her in a film with like Kate Blanchett or something and they would you know it would oh, yeah. be like you wouldn't be like oh you're from a different era of acting you know what I mean you wouldn't say that to her yeah you she's can't just, you can't say that with Myrna Loy she has a truth about her um yeah. that I really respect and and admire yeah okay Todd your number one choice my number one choice I'm right there with you Chase uh Ingrid Bergman um for all of the reasons that you mentioned um i my tongue was firmly in cheek earlier when i said that they settled for ingrid on casablanca <laughs> uh, and i agree with you in terms of i don't think hayworth would have internalized the role as much as as Berman. they were two different types of performers um so i do think that they went with the right choice um i really first discovered ingrid bergman on notorious uh, and again, that film class that I was telling you about. Um, and at the time, this was in the 90s, uh, I knew more about her daughter, Isabella Rossellini, from the work with David Lynch and, and that sort of thing. And I knew that Ingrid Bergman was her mother. And boy, when, when Bergman comes out on, on screen in Notorious, again, I was it was one of those moments where I was just completely blown away. I mean, I, I think Isabella Rossellini is, is a you know beautiful, powerful performer, but it, her mother was just... Just, just such a presence. Um, a, a little bit of trivia that I, I learned about her. And apparently in 1933, she enrolled at the Royal Dramatic Theater School in Stockholm, uh, but later changed to films instead. Um, she was quite a negotiator for her salaries, uh, very tough. Um, and uh, going back to uh, Jimmy Stewart, uh, she received a fan letter from James Stewart on his way to combat duty for World War II in 1943. Um, so, I, I mean, you know, we, we talk a lot, you know, we were talking earlier about true originals uh, with the actors like Humphrey Bogart, uh, Jack Nicholson. Um, I think Ingrid Bergman is, is another just uh, absolute presence. And in, in, in it is actually comparable to Jimmy Stewart in that, I agree with you, Chase, she had an ability to go inward and she had a lot of subtlety in her ways of expressing it as her character um but she she was ingrid bergman you know it's it, there was no one else like her there still is no one else like ingrid bergman not even isabella rossellini so um and again in an incredible run in the 1940s working with hitchcock and of course michael curtis uh, i mean you can't there are lots that you can compare in terms of the 1940s, uh, in terms of a run like that, but no matter actor or actress or anybody, Ingrid Bergman's run is just unparalleled in terms of the quality that she put out and the performances that she gave. So uh, number one, Ingrid for me. Fantastic. Kate, are you there? So number one is Rosalind Russell. Um, oh. Again, it's just, it's hard to pick, but um, I, I think she kind of went against the stereotype. I, Bridget and I have, it seems, similar viewpoints as actors and similar picks. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think she just um, kind of was her own woman and went against. Um, and I, I don't, I think, I'm sure you guys can fill in. I think we've talked about what she did in her private life too, but. Um, She's a pretty remarkable character, and I just like that um, the strength and kind of the 
Um, I don't know. I don't know how to turn, um, phrase it, but she wasn't kind of common for that time. She was her own woman. And um, not to shortchange anyone that worked during that time. I know it was, I mean, there, there wasn't many, I mean, there were a lot of roles for women, but it just, it was just a different time. And I think she just brought a whole new face, whole new style. And she was just kind of um, unapologetically herself. So yeah, Rosalind Russell, number one, 40s film. Fantastic. He was uh, my my runner up for number two, um, but I, I decided not to because I've only seen, I think one movie with her from the 40s. Um, but she dominates his girl Friday and that's a movie with a pretty indomitable cast and she's leaps and bounds over everybody else in that movie she's so good in that um yeah powerhouse it's really good yeah it's a great film yeah okay freeman uh, my number one once again cribbing a lot from the works of powell and pressburg um, is uh, Deborah Carr, uh, who has been in so many things and a lot of great stuff that she's best known for, I don't know her from. <laughs> but uh, she's incredible in The Life and Death of Colonel Blimp, where she plays multiple roles. Um, but the, the one that I wanted to talk about was 1947's Black Narcissus, which is a Powell and Pressburger movie um, about nuns in the Himalayas uh, who like trek out to this convent and it's it's just nuns going crazy for like two hours and it's great um incredible the, use of color the, in that movie huh what's the, what's the name of the film again uh Black Narcissus okay and I haven't seen it she's the she's the head nun so she's the the lead in the movie and um her control and sort of like splitting at the seams, trying to keep all these different things uh, together in this convent in the face of her um, faith and sanity is a really incredible performance. And she's probably my favorite actress. Um, uh, in the 60s, no doubt I'll bring up um, a horror movie called The Innocents, which is uh, an adaptation of turning turn of the screw or turning of the screw um that she was her favorite performance of her own and uh is also incredible but yeah deborah carr numero uno i'm just looking up the film which i haven't ever seen has anybody else seen black narcissus i've wanted to i know it's a it's a very well known if not a cult following film and i definitely wanted to see it yeah it's a it's got Gene Simmons in it. It's, uh, it's got some known actors in it. Huh. It's a good one. Oh, they made a TV miniseries out of it in 2020. Yeah, I haven't watched that. But... <laughs> uh, I, I got, I've got to go back and see that. I mean, that's a 1940s film that I really want to see. Just like Red Shoes. Thank you, Freeman, for that, too. Okay, Dennis. You're number one. Well, short and sweet, <coughs> Ingrid Bergman. It's tough, it's tough in the 40s. It's tough in the 40s when you look at her films to go, 
oh yeah somebody else um, <laughs> because uh because they're they're really remarkable and uh she does a, a great job whatever is required of her um i liked her in dr jekyll and mr hyde uh, spencer tracy tries to run away with it but she's um she's uh really, really good in that small smaller part of course playing the prostitute and um even joan of arc which i haven't seen in a while but uh you know she wasn't 15 she was 30 but uh still <laughs> she uh she, she she played a she pulled it off played a played a, an interesting character so yeah um i fell in love with ingrid bergman when i was in my 20s and i probably still am there you have it I just had a question um um she was it the film title joan of arc that she played joan of arc in because i can't i and again it's not it's to, i mean i saw dryers did you see the passion of joan of arc yeah Oof. brutal huh but how incredible is she the actress in that what was her name so yeah i didn't realize that um that bergman did maria Falconetti was her name. Brutal backstory, but the film was unbelievable. I mean, and she, her performance was incredible. Oh, that was her only. That was her only film, Falconetti. Yeah. That was a great one. If you can, if you can, if you can take that film, that's it's brutal, like you said. It but, is I, brutal. It yeah, is it was hard. a film. We had to. It was for film studies, so we were watching it on the big screen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think she she hung up her acting cap after that. <laughs> um, Back to stage. Yeah uh okay uh, uh i just wanted to throw out one uh okay. real quick uh just because it, it was her last uh she didn't she, i think she only lived to 42 um she died in a tragic plane crash i believe but carol lombard who oh, yes. tore up the 30s and uh her last movie i think was to be or not to be which is i know chase oh. wasn't a big fan but uh no thanks for mentioning her I've, fantastic I've yeah, I've heard wonderful things about her, and I don't know really her work. She was a good actress. I, I can't. My Man Godfrey. My Man Godfrey. That's one. Yeah, that's yes. her, I think, her biggest one. Um, and what yeah. was the one that was it to have and have not that she was in? No, to, uh, to be or not. To be or not. To be. Not. It's, it's that comedy kind of take off with the, it's not Mel Brooks. It's. Um, Mel Brooks remade it. <laughs> yeah, Jack Mel Brooks remade it, but it's yeah, it's um, Jack Benny. Jack Benny. Jack Benny. Yeah, uh, it was Jack Benny, and I just can't stand Jack. Benny. Yeah, that was my really, fault. Who you don't like fault. Jack Benny? I love Jack I Benny know. for stand-up comedy with Rochester and that kind of stuff, and with his violin or fiddle, whatever you want to call it. But yes, uh, uh, that film, great. that film was a little over the top. It was just. I think it's great. And also, actually, I also want to, sorry, I lied. Um, just also really quickly throw out uh, Gene Tierney. Uh, oh, oh Gene yes. Yeah, You're mentioning great people. And I, my mom always talks about, again, this is not my Gene Tierney. Uh, I had my a, honorable a mentions moment with Stanwyck. First... We haven't mentioned about Barbara Stanwyck. Either. Yeah, Barbara Stanwyck's great. But um, yeah. Yeah. I the first time Gene Tierney shows up in Laura is one of those kind of breathtaking Laura that Todd was talking about. Kind of like, <gasps> <laughs> you guys, Laura and Rebecca, you've talked so highly of, and I still have not seen either one of them. Oh. That's a good double feature. Okay. Yeah, it is. It would yeah. be good. 
let's see. Uh, I would go with, I would go with Rebecca second. Okay. I would in the double feature. Freeman, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think that, well, I don't know. Rebecca's slower and I usually try to put the slower one first. I like to think of it as like there's the eight o'clock or the 10 o'clock movie and then there's the midnight movie. <laughs> I think Laura's the better midnight movie. Rebecca, Rebecca is very deliberately <clears throat> paced, I would agree. Yeah. It's, you gotta kind of settle in. It's like, it's like pouring a glass of fine wine and sipping it for two and a half hours. And the glass is covered in cobwebs. Freeman, <laughs> <laughs> there's no cobwebs on this one. <laughs> No, he's doing he, it wrong. He drinks them too fast for them to get cobwebs on them. <laughs> that is true. I have a little straw here that I just. <laughs> All right, guys. Okay. It was, uh, uh, again, it was wonderful to see you guys again tonight. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed our podcast, episode five, The Love of Film dealing with actresses of the 1940s. For future episodes of our podcast, please visit us at www.leftbankfilms.com slash the love of film. Our future podcast will deal with Paul Schrader's film, Light Sleeper, the films of Michelangelo Antonioni, films of Stanley Kubrick, and films from the decade of the 1930s. Please stay tuned for further announcements, and we hope you enjoyed it. Thank you.